Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm a hustler, baby. I said water to a well. well. I was born to get cake, move on and switch states. Cop the coupe with the roof gone and switch plates. Was born to dictate, never follow orders, dick face. Get your shit straight, fucker. This is Big J. Ah. Will not lose ever. I want to create a page that's all about motivational lyrics from hip hop. Man. Because there are just so many gems, especially even in just Jay. Mm-hmm. I could do a whole page just on Jay Z's lyrics. Yeah. And just how inspiring they are. He's like one of the best examples of the American dream. No, seriously. He you actually know? opened up a, a college course um, on Jay Z. Really? Yeah. I know they had some on Nas. Yeah, they got they got a Jay Z. Uh, I cannot remember the school. I think I think it's Cornell. Honestly, if I want, I want to say Cornell, or um, I forgot the guy's name, but he's definitely he teaches there at Cornell, and he teaches Jay Z studies. That's amazing. I would want to take that class. Yeah, it's, uh, it, I, I read the book. The book is outstanding. Like. And it, it, it really breaks down his verses, how it like pushes him to the next level. Yes. You know, how how his lyrics wasn't so much about destruction, it was about avoiding this destruction. Yes. You know. Exactly. He wasn't just talking about the lifestyle, he was talking about talking about pain. Pain. How yes. to how to get out of this situation. Yes. What am I going through? But it's gonna be different from what you're going through. But let me show you, let me shed some light on the hood. But this is also the steps on how to avoid these situations and how to grow out of these situations. And what I took my uncircumstance, you know, unfortunate circumstances, circumstances, you know what I'm saying? He made the best out of it. And if you think about even the crack epidemic and how that was started by the U.S. government and the CIA. Right. Oh, would you see what you say? We're going there. Right. (laughs) And then that creates the condition. That's not a conspiracy. It's just facts. It's 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 not even. Yeah. Like this is Tom Cruise did a whole movie about it called American Made. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's like literally. The government created these conditions, which created so much pain. Man. And from that pain, hey, Brazzy. Oh, what's up? Bro? Hey, okay, okay, oh, down, buddy. I'm not the Brazzy. tennis ball, man. I know I'm wearing green. Brazzy. <laughs> we should put him in a cage. So much love. Brazilito, sit. <laughs> he said, wait, I forgot to give you some love. Hold up. <laughs> no, Brazzy. No. All right, my dog do the same thing. He's like, I, I just wanted to give you some love. <laughs> Brazzy, you have to stay, okay, buddy? Stay. So we were saying, <laughs> yeah. CIA created the crack mm-hmm. epidemic, um, created these conditions that ter- torn so many families apart, mm-hmm. right? A lot of the, even the stereotypes of things that black people go through mm-hmm. are stereotypes because of what happened in that era mm-hmm. and how they weren't even treated as people that had health issues. They were treated as criminals when they yeah. were addicted, right? Mm-hmm. And then from all that rose a kid from Marcy Projects mm-hmm. who then took it all the way to billionaire status yeah. and rapped about it the whole time. He, he said what he was there to do, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. He, he was like, I'm not even really a rapper like that. Like I'm here to, to hustle. Like he wasn't pretending to be something else. He's like, yeah. no, this is the corporate takeover. Come on. But he is First my favorite album, rapper. Reasonable like, Doubt. Reasonable Doubt. Come on. Bro. First album, Reasonable Doubt. It's in the title. Like my career, my, my lyrics is going to take me out of this. And then he laid out that blueprint later on in the career. Dude, I want to make a feature film about Jay-Z. Man. That's like, if I make one movie my whole life, yeah. that's the movie I want to make. 
And have you seen that movie, um, uh, Slumdog Millionaire? I did. I you, did. You know Years how ago. the whole yeah. concept of it is he's in like a who wants to be a millionaire type of thing, and they're asking him these questions, mm-hmm. and he gives them the answers. They're like, how do you how know did this? You know that? And, and then it flashes back mm-hmm. to his life and what yeah. caused it. I wanted to do that, but with a Jay-Z concert mm-hmm. and flashing through his lyrics. Ooh. Ooh, right. So it's that. like he'll say the words and they'll come out of his mouth and then, tsh- and, then and then we the story. go back to his life and you see how all of it went there. Cause yeah. it's, I'm so glad I'm alive while he's alive. Mm-hmm. You know, like there were people alive when like, you know, famous things became famous for the first, like there was people alive when Thriller first came out. Mm. Right. Mm. They're like, oh, there's a new thing called Thriller. You're like, what? what? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's like, man, I'm alive during this hip hop era. Mm-hmm. Where so many clacks, classics are being dropped, and they're Man. still around, and yep. hope still drops. We we have been around through so much growth in so many areas, like even tech, like yes. lives and careers. Like we witnessing it all like, before internet was popping. Yeah, that's like people that were born like a hundred years before us, or maybe like one hundred twenty that were alive before inter- before electricity mm-hmm. and before right? like cars and exactly. All that started, like what? Yeah, motorized vehicles. We don't need horses anymore. Yo, <laughs> and isn't that trippy, right? Because the, the, um, Henry Ford said that um, if he would have asked his customer what they wanted, they would have said a faster horse. Mm-hmm. A lot of times we wow. don't even know what we need. Yeah. Right? And mm-hmm. sometimes we get sold stuff that we don't need. That happens True. too. Right? But yeah, like that, like from the time the first airplane took off, like mm-hmm. the little shitty wood Man. ones, to the time we went to the moon was only 60 years. <sighs> Insane. <laughs> Insane. I think Steve Jobs said something too, similar to the to the, along those lines, when he said that we don't know what we need until we develop it. Mm-hmm. You know, and just developing the tech now we now we rely on it so much. Like our phones is our vessel is like yeah a part of our soul now. People were saying they're like um you know they're like afraid of getting like microchipped, which mm-hmm. I get. There's a lot to be concerned about. But technically speaking, we're already attached to our microchip like yeah. if i drop this microchip i get scared oh no yeah my yeah microchip batteries fell. dying <laughs> no like, like, no let's charge life, the microchip like, it's just outside of you <laughs> eventually yeah. it'll be in yeah i'm so glad i was i was that we was able to witness it or experience yeah. life without it yeah at a certain period of time before social media yeah. where you would just oh have fun gosh. and then nobody would know what happened yeah. like if you yeah. left the house you were just out mm-hmm. that's so true and you just see you when you see you, like, or you had to be home in order to get that call, phone call. Like, what was your childhood like? Oh, man. Oh, it was fun. And it was tough at the same time. Um, I grew up in the projects, um, had, but I had an amazing mother. Uh, born and raised in Bowes Park, Hartford, Connecticut. Shout out, you know. Um, but I've been dancing all my life. That, so that that kept me out of a, a lot of trouble. What does that mean, dancing in your life? Like dancing since I was two. Like, really? Yeah, yeah. My mom took me to one of her like high school parties, and they lost me. <laughs> they lost me, and then they heard a crowd screaming. They was like, "Wait, I can't find, I can't find Sean." Like, and then they actually found me in the middle of a circle doing some Michael Jackson moves, <laughs> and then they had the bright idea to put me on stage, and then I fell in love from there. Wow, it was yeah. literally in you. It was in me, man. Now, did they see that it could be a career, or did they just think, "Oh, it's cute, kick and yeah, dance"? You know, for the opportunities that was there at home was just pretty much talent shows, like right. Uh, so it wasn't, it wasn't like, "Wow, how, how far can this go?" 
um, until until I got a little older. When I got like in like teenager ages, I was like, and I started seeing, of course, all the dancing on TV and music videos and seeing Diddy. Like Diddy was like my number one inspiration, <laughs> man. Can't stop, won't you stop. Know, can't stop, <laughs> won't stop. Like at all, Usher. You know, um, Michael Jackson, it was legendary. And I was like, yo, I got to, I got to find a way. Like, I didn't know how it was going to happen. I really didn't. But um, I just kept dancing, kept doing what I was doing. And uh, eventually I made my way to Hampton University, uh, had a squad there, and we danced our life away. That's when I started getting my creative bud, choreographing. And yeah, the rest is history. Then I ended up here in LA. Well, let's talk about some of that history. Yeah. So, at what point did you decide, no, dancing is going to be a career? Probably like, I wanted it to be a career. I knew I wanted, actually, I was really inspired by business for sure. I love business. Like, I love entrepreneurs, uh, entrepreneurship. And I knew I wanted to dance for literally the rest of my life. It was probably like 14, 15 for sure. And uh, when I got the chance to go to Hampton University, um, which was like one of the only schools that accepted me, big ups. <laughs> and I uh, went there and I, I knew even studying through entrepreneurship and business, I knew that it was going to work hand in hand. When I got out here, I knew it was going yes, to find its way to anything. Yeah, you can find business to anything. All what you love to do, what you, who, who you are as a person. Um, so I, I, I stayed dedicated to that. And um, we had the opportunity of meeting Chris Brown and his dancers like in Virginia for the very first time. This was when he was coming up. Like Run It wasn't even out yet. Oh, Runner wasn't like even out pre excuse me, miss yeah, kind of a thing. This, yeah, is, yeah. this was when he was doing shows in the mall. And um he came to uh um no, his his dancers, B Shaw, shout out to B Shaw. He came to one of our rehearsals and in the rehearsal he, you know, he was like, Yo, what y'all what y'all doing after this? Like, you know. Uh we he's like, What you mean? He's like, Where y'all moving to? After school? Like, yeah. where y'all moving? He's like, Oh, we moving to Atlanta. Our plan was to move to Atlanta and just do the whole dancing thing there because we didn't want to necessarily leave the East Coast. So right. and this is Chris Brown asking you this. No, yeah. this is uh his dancer, B. Shaw. Okay, okay B. Shaw, yeah. Yeah. And he's like, Yeah, man, like I'm dancing for Chris and whoop de woo. But at this time we're like, Who's Chris? Like, you know, <laughs> he's like, he's like, No, nah. he's like, I'm trying to tell y'all, y'all need to move to LA. That's where it's gonna be. Like everything y'all wanna do is in LA. And we was like, man, that's far, man. It's on the West Coast. <laughs> like, we're going to have to say bye. Like, no, we don't want to do that. But we we have faith, man. We have faith. And we was like, all right, let's do it. And, like, as soon as I graduated, um, we moved. It was a group, big group of us. Oh. Uh, keep going. Brazzy. Keep Brazzy out. <laughs> no, you good. You good. Hang on. There you go. Yeah, we can just hang it on the hook on the side of the camera. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> He's like, hey, guys, <laughs> don't forget about me while in no, the middle facts. of your conversation. <laughs> so as soon as you guys graduated, mm, you moved to LA. Moved to LA. Did you, at this point, were your parents thinking, get a plan B? Or were they like, no, no, no? No, my, my mom was, 
all for it. Like, you know, she just, she's just like, I just don't want you to struggle. I, cause I moved to California with $500. Oh man. That's less than me. I moved here with like That's 700. Insane. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like thinking about it now, I am crazy. Like I would never let my son do that. Like, <laughs> like, yo, but my family had faith in me and I had faith in my skill. I knew I was going to make something happen. Yeah. I knew something was going to work out. Yeah. I had my back. I had friends. I had brothers. Like, so I knew, I knew it was going, it was going to be light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that because that five hundred dollars turned into two fifty quick because that yes. was pretty much rent to uh, pay towards rent, and we were subletting, and um, you know, got the you know those jobs, those TJ Maxx, GameStop, you right. know, H two H, dancing on the weekend jobs, you know, uh, and just and just hustled, man, and just grinded it out. That's something that I think a lot of people don't realize that as an artist, there is a sacrifice period. Man. Just like if you're, you know, if you're going to be a, a doctor, you have to go to many years of school without making any money and mm -hmm. going into debt. But that's expected. It's yeah. talked about. Oh, okay. Oh, he's going to be a doctor? Great. He'll make money in a few years. Mm -hmm. People know that there's going to be that period. But with an artist, people get confused because sometimes people pop really early. Mm -hmm. But it's like, no, generally speaking, there is a period where you're going to have to eat shit. Like you're going to be yeah. couch surfing have zero certainty of where your next meal is going to come from. Absolutely. Counting every single penny down to like 30 bucks in your bank account, but you got to make it to the audition or whatever. It's like, you have to know that that's a part of it. I think Man. that tests your love for it. No. Yeah. I And that's why I love that I, I moved out here like before the whole social media craze. Cause we moved out here right when Twitter was new. Right. And um, we looked at it as school years. You know, four years. We're gonna give us give us ourselves four years. You know, you have your freshman year. It's a new place. Let's mm -hmm. figure it out. You know, sophomore. You're like, okay, um, I kind of understand what's going on. Yeah. What do I want to do? Yeah. What's my What's gonna be my major? Pretty much. What choreographers <laughs> am I gonna actually work with? Who right. Do I, you know, because you gotta go know your pathway. You know, so, you know, it's like I want to do everything, of course, but you know, what's what's my first priority? Like, what do I really want to start doing? Like, who do I actually really want to work for and work with? And what were your priorities? For sure, uh, Omarion. <laughs> yeah. Omarion was a priority when we first got out of it. But uh, I wanted for sure wanted to work with Fatima. And um, immediately when we touched down. Fatima Robinson? Robinson, yes, yeah, yes, yeah. yes, for sure. For those sure. who don't know, incredible choreographer, creative director. Man, because I met Aaliyah when I was what 10 years old and i was like yo one day i'm gonna dance for you you know obviously we never got the chance but yeah. i was able to work with her best friend and choreographer which was yeah. amazing it was definitely full circle for me but as soon as i touched down um i had big brothers as as b shaw and um dubs which is uh fatima's right hand man and you know he gave me he gave me the tools man to to really just work hard and keep going so like when I when we touched down and we were subletting from him and we did everything. We got in class immediately. I think literally the first day we was here, we was in class, like from Trisha in Trisha Miranda's class at yes. Debbie Reynolds. Shout out to Debbie Reynolds. Man. Oh, man, like I miss that place. Man, we lost so much, man. We lost so many studios, man. Like, the hangout that used to happen in the back, you know what I mean? Like by the by the man. parking lot. You would see people in between class. No. It felt like a college campus. No, real talk. And then it was like you actually went to class for a reason yes and that's why i love that i came out here before the whole social media craze because 
you know, we actually went to, to class, not saying a lot of people do still to this day, go to class to grow your craft, grow your craft so I can get the jobs that I want. Yes. And I only have a few years to do it. Yes. You know, because already we felt like we was late because we went to, we went to college first, you know, so we got out here. We oh, you like, actually finished college? College? Yeah, oh, we said, oh, you, you graduated college. I thought yeah. you graduated high school. No, because you got accepted no, into college. We fi- no, we, oh, so we you did didn't get the teenage years. head start. No, what? I wish, but nah, we didn't get the head start, man. Like, so we came out here 21, 22 years old and we was like, wait, it's 16 years old in the people here? Like... 18 year olds in here you know so right. we already was like damn we we behind but um we was thankful that we went to school though yeah absolutely mm. what was your first real dance job out here uh what you mean by real job you mean uh, like uh, something uh, that i could be like oh this is okay, it the, the first celebrity artist you got to dance with um hmm wow i want to say I want to say Busta Rhymes. It was it was the uh, that was like one of our like first like official jobs was with Busta Rhymes and uh, DJ Tiesto, and we did like a freestyle gig. Yeah, yes, yeah. I remember that video. Me and Kev, my yeah. homie Kev was in there joint too. Um, but I think like as first like my first opportunity, big opportunity. It wasn't paid, but um, it was LXD. Really? Yeah, like that was John Chu's thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's when we got in the room with Chris Scott, and you know, obviously B. Shaw was in there, and it was it was just like, yo, you want to do a skeleton crew? This was when he was like, what's a skeleton crew? You know, right? And um, it was like, yo, this is this is the opportunity to get in the rooms with the big dogs, the people that you admire on YouTube, you yeah. know, because YouTube start was a was a thing at that time, and uh, yeah, we got in the room. I went off. I went crazy. I went crazy. Like I, I really believed in my skill. I was freestyling my asses off, my ass off, and uh, they was like, uh, I can't remember who it was. I think it was Harry. Harry was like, "Yo, man, are you signed?" And mind you, this is like month five for me, month six. And he's like, I was like, "Nah." Like he's like, "Man, send me your headshot," and he actually got me signed a block. Wow! Right, right then and there, the LXD got me that opportunity to get signed and that was an unpaid gig unpaid gig and see that's the thing that it's it's weird the conversation about should you do things for exposure or whatever Mm kind of depends on where you are in your career exactly i feel like people move out here and really entitled uh, social media has really given people the entitlement of like oh i don't i don't i don't have to do free jobs it's like what You know, it's like, yo, put in your time. Like, yes, you know, you never know what you're going to like or what you're going to not like by just sitting around waiting. Right. Uh, for the paid gigs, you're going to have to, like, hustle and grind and do those free opportunities. You know, obviously not forever, but yeah, when you start building up your, your credit, you know what I'm saying? Like, you have to build your credit to get it in like to really get those jobs to to get those deserving paid jobs you know yes some of my biggest opportunities came because i did free work Mm -hmm. that then led to somebody being impressed by how i did the free work and they said oh you should work on this project and Mm -hmm. there it goes man favors yeah favors yo hey look out for me on this job man i got you next time like those favors definitely uh, checked in later yeah and and there's a balance right between letting people take advantage of you (laughs) yeah and having equity in relationships Absolutely. You know, um, because there will be people that will say, oh, yeah, do this for me for free and I'll hook you up later. And then nothing ever happens later. Right. Mm -hmm. 
But it's almost like if we're going to give, we should be giving just because we're giving. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, it's true. at the end of the day, like nobody's guaranteed to pay you back. Mm-hmm. Right? Because sometimes the favor you give this person, God might give it back to you through somebody else. Yeah. It's not always just a transaction. Yeah. Then you're not really giving for the sake of giving. Then you're yeah, yeah. giving, wanting something back. Wanting something back. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, I don't. I really believe in uh, putting in your time, you know, putting, yeah. putting in your 10,000 hours yeah. of community service, you know, so to speak, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Straight up. Uh, to really build. I think it helped me a lot, you know, and it really helped for, for sure the long run. And it helped me appreciate the jobs when when the paid gigs did come in. It helped me be like, yeah, I really I really grinded it out. I really hustled for this. Yeah. You know, I didn't, I didn't ask for no favors or anything like that. I really stuck my neck out and did it myself. Straight that's up. what's important you know you don't never want it to be easy you know because it was hard like it was hard but you never want it to be easy like getting it easy you'll never appreciate the good yes you won't value it at all at all yeah it's so interesting right everybody we all want to win mm-hmm. but really we want the feeling of winning yeah but the feeling of winning you have to has to be earned it just it just does well you know now we can work smarter not harder in some cases Absolutely. we could be efficient all right and and there's a thin line between that and a shortcut mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know yeah, you yeah. still got to put in the work mm-hmm. but while you're putting the work you can find smart ways to do it mm-hmm. but you can't just outsmart the whole process yeah i was reading a yeah. book i cannot remember i think it was uh seven habits of highly effective people. oh yeah stephen covey um but uh, one of the things they uh, he mentioned is not trading your time that's not benefiting you. So the jobs that you would pick necessarily to do for free is like, oh no, I know, I know, I'm not gonna want to dance for Lady Gaga. So why would I do something free for one of her teams, one right. of her team people? You know what I'm saying? It's like if I know I'm putting in time where i'm putting in the time like it's i know that it's gonna come tenfold for me if it's a if it's it aligned with your be, values yeah, it has yeah, to be yeah. aligned it's like you know even if it's like you're one day i want to own a burger joint you know what i'm saying so why would i why would i work at kfc right in, to learn you know what i'm saying yeah. like it's like that time that you're dedicating or putting in it has to be beneficial in other ways than just you looking at it as in like, oh, it's just a free job. It's like, no, look at what's what's the benefits that you can get from this. Yeah. And if there's no benefits, that's how you outweigh your pros and cons and if you're going to do it or not. And if we have more of an idea of what we want to do, it's exactly. it helps us assess how is this serving that. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You know. Because when you are clear on what you want, you can find value in all the things that lead you there. Mm-hmm. Sure. That's so true. But when you don't know what you want, it's like, is anything valuable? You got to know what you want. And it can change, but having no aim right. is kind of pointless. Unless the aim is to discover the aim, mm-hmm. then at least you're aiming to discover. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause, and that's an aim. Because a, a, a lot of things can change. And I, yeah. I, I agree. Because I knew when I first moved out here, it was all about like music videos and movies. Yeah. And then uh, my first my first few years, I was barely getting like dance jobs that I thought I wanted. Right. I started getting commercials, and I was like, "Wait, the pay is different on this side of the hill." <laughs> I actually love doing commercials. It's a lot less time consuming. It's a lot less strenuous on my body. Yeah. And pays way better. Pays. <laughs> 
Like, come on. <laughs> Have y'all not seen this? Like, it's like, yo. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, yeah, I, I loved it. And you start dissecting things like, oh, wow, I love this, too. I love I love this opportunity. I love this opportunity. I love working with these people. I love to choreograph. I love to creative direct. It it gives you those different options to yes. explore. And that and and that makes me think about not being too specific with it mm-hmm. because it might change on the way. Oh, but have yeah. a direction. For sure. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like I I because I, I was the same way. I used to idolize doing music videos because mm-hmm. when I was younger, that was the example I saw of pe- of directors making dope stuff. Mm-hmm. And I saw directors making things to my favorite songs. And I'm like, well, that would be fun. Yeah. But then I, I grew up doing a bunch of music videos for songs that I mostly don't like. Yeah, 90% of the videos route. I did, you know, and then I'm, then I'm like, oh, and they're not even that profitable and I'm not even being that creative with them. So then I'm like, oh, okay, so it's not that I want to do music videos. It's mm. that I want to make dope stuff. Yeah. Music videos was one of the of examples. The yeah. But now it's like, okay, cool. Well, now I, I can make dope stuff. Now what dope stuff do I want to make? Mm-hmm. Right. So I was flexible enough not to be attached yeah. to the identity of saying it. I have to be a music video director. Right. What if music videos go out of style altogether? Mm. Which almost it did. It had right? a decline. So it's like, um, it's asking what, what is it about doing music videos that I want to do? Oh, I want to create. Oh, I want to share good feelings. Mm-hmm. I want to capture dope vibes. I want to make nice, inspiring things or whatever, right? It's yeah. like, what is it that I actually want? And and it doesn't have to be one thing, especially nowadays, mm-hmm. right? That's true. You could do dance and choreography and host events and have a clothing line yeah. and have a channel <laughs> and have this and invest in nah, some other shit, real. right? Like it's, it's we don't have to just stick to that one identity. Yeah, yeah, because I definitely wear a lot of different hats, as you said, <laughs> as you said for sure. Like I wear a lot of different hats and I, I love it. You know, I, I love not just relying on one thing. I like having multiple i like exploring you know yeah and um just challenging myself you know yeah and we get different um uh insights Mm -hmm. when we do different kinds of activities yeah you know even if you just go play sports and you're not a professional sports player but like recently i got into playing tennis with yanni and it's like as i'm playing i'm learning about myself i'm like oh wow this Mm. is how i'm attacking this thing this how oh okay cool like like Sometimes not doing your main thing is where you get the breakthroughs for your main thing. Mm-hmm. It's where you're going to do something else. Yeah, yeah. Something about the way you skip rocks on a lake tells you about, oh, this, how do you change my business? Mm-hmm. Whatever. You know what right, I mean? Right. It's like you got to have those different experiences to draw from. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember. I can't remember who said it, but uh, they were saying like uh, you have to break break some parts of your routine to kind of keep you on your toes. Right. You know, there's like don't always take the same route home. Yeah. Know? Or brush your teeth with your left hand or something. Yeah, or like yeah. just something just kind of throwing your whole system off just for that growth, you know? Yes. If, you know, if you're not growing, you decaying. Yeah, because we can get stuck in that pattern. Easy. Very easily. What's something that you've had to overcome in the last couple of years? Um mm. uh, uh, uh and you know you can share one. I'll share one too. Just uh, uh, something that was difficult for you. Yeah. Brazil. Um, hmm. I would have to say uh, I had to overcome accepting people for who they are. Mm. Um, I read a book. Uh, You know this book, Four... Four Agreements? Four Agreements, yes. And I I had to understand that people aren't going to do the same things you do. 
And that's where people get upset. They get upset because it's something in that person that you you know it's like yo you would you would you would do this or you wouldn't do this but you get mad because they're not doing it your way because they're not doing it your way and i had to i had to overcome that uh that people aren't just going to have the loyalty level of loyalty then that i'm gonna have when it comes to gigs um and relying on not relying on friendships but relying on people to look out for you you know and i had to just understand where people stood when they come to giving it my all that i'm it's not going to be reciprocated mm. um it's almost like a, accepting the fact yeah that, yeah that, that if you choose to be very giving that's your choice that's your choice but that doesn't guarantee you that the other person's going to be equally giving back right, to you exactly you know um and i think that was one of the biggest things was overcoming that everybody isn't gonna be fresh isn't gonna look mm -hmm. look through the same lens as you fresh and that's okay you know that's okay because now you know where to position that person in your life yes you know you know like okay i can't rely on you when it comes to this specific thing i can only rely on this person if it goes to that specific thing yes yeah. That, that's an important distinction to make because I think early on in our life, we have a lot of expectations of people mm -hmm. and we get let down a lot. Like I feel like our early 20s oh, is man. a bunch of big hopes and big letdowns. Right. I can't believe you did this. Yeah. You're friends with her? What? Yeah. Or this? You did this? I thought you promised me. Like that That kind of experience happens so much so that much. I think at some point, you know, we can choose to be pessimistic about it or be more accepting of realizing that, okay, People are going to do what they believe is best for them at that moment mm -hmm. based on how they're feeling. Right. They're not necessarily doing it to me. Exactly. They're doing it for they them. For them. Right. Right. And and it's trippy, right? It's hard to, it's easier said than done, but it really is that. Like if somebody like cheats on you, mm -hmm. they're not doing it to you. Like, oh, let me hurt this. Yeah. Yeah. You it, not, don't take it personal. It's them. Yeah. You, you can't take it personal. You got to just shrug say okay it can still hurt yeah it, absolutely but the perspective is that like the whole world doesn't revolve around make hurting you specifically yeah mm -hmm. it, it'll, it'll help your reaction like how you react to it yeah yeah you know um yeah i think <coughs> i trust that people are going to do what they think is best for them so when i work with people i try to see well how do we align in what we want for ourselves mm -hmm. if what i want for me <laughs> Mm. is in alignment with what they want for them, mm. then that's great. Then by proxy, me winning, they win, or vice versa, mm -hmm. right? I could trust that even more than somebody's past. Yeah, it's that win-win situation. That would be the ideal. Mm -hmm. Or, um, you know, there's the, <laughs> you know that, uh, is it Filipino, the name that's N-G-U-Y-E, something it's, uh, it's like yeah wind it looked, yeah, yeah but like it's wind, wind. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it's like just have all type of letters but it's wind. But it's just wind yeah. whatever we want to say win win we just say uh naguyan squared yeah. <laughs> <laughs> naguyan i haven't heard nguyen nguyen squared. That yeah. <laughs> win win that's hilarious oh now i'm gonna think about that every time i hear somebody say win win oh man uh it's funny yeah, that's hilarious <laughs> 
English is a weird language. A lot of letters that don't oh make gosh. sense. Like it's, it's, a, it's a guy on TikTok blowing up about like he's like being a teacher of of English. Yeah, and he's like spelling out these words that literally are exactly the same, but just have different meanings and different sounds. And it is so confusing, but he's blowing up on Twitter it about is. it now. It's so crazy. As a foreigner, it definitely was interesting, you know, learning English and mm -hmm. seems like, but the rules, but it's like, lasagna is lasagna? Yeah, How is lasagna. that? Right, you know, right. Like, <laughs> nah, they, and they, they say it a lot. They say English is like the hardest language to learn. A lot like, of hypocritical wow. rules. It's crazy. I I don't know how even <laughs> other languages. I'm like, yo, how do y'all understand what's going on? Like, it's trippy for me that people have languages where the characters are different. Yeah, where it's not even our alphabet. It's like other squiggly things yeah, that represent yeah. words. Yeah, it's just yeah, it's just it's, it's interesting, it's right? It's, yeah, that what we consider language is just the way we talk, but mm -hmm. other people will say sounds that we have no idea what it is, but they're emoting the same thing. Yeah. Wow. Like the, just the concept of language in general. Yeah. Right? That we're just making sounds like, <laughs> like whatever, like when people speaking tongues, right? Right, just right, like, right. Whatever. See? Like it's just sounds, sounds that we interpret with the meaning. Yeah, yeah. See, that's why I love money and numbers. <laughs> <laughs> that's where it's at, for sure. It's Men lie, women lie, numbers don't. Numbers don't. <laughs> you already know Hove. Man, who are your top five rappers? Not that you think are the best, but that you personally like. Oh, hands down, Jay. Um, top five, I got to say Jay. Got to say Kendrick Lamar. No bias. Um, I got to say Jackson. Jackson the second, which is Kevin. Yeah, oh, Kevin, Kevin? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, my top five, for sure. Um, hmm. I got to say Eminem. Mm. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So you you like and lyrical. I gotta say Biggie. Yes. I gotta say Biggie, man. Yes. Yeah. I, that's that's I grew up on there, and of, and of course I gotta say honorable mention Fifty Cent. He came through yeah. for for a hot couple like, years. He yeah, was. He, Man, for the culture, he he got us through so much. Just coming from the hood and everything, yes. like it was just we needed we needed that sound. We needed his sound. Like he was a necessary voice. It's a necessary mm -hmm. expression. Mm -hmm. Yeah, get rich or die trying. There was the mixtape before that. What was that massacre afterwards? The uh, mm -hmm. his like R and B joint. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah man, like shh. yeah, that's that's my five for sure. They, these them dudes, man. Lyrical, lyrical. I'm a yeah. big lyrical guy too. I gotta, I gotta understand. I gotta understand and hear your struggle. I gotta, I gotta hear the art in your voice. I gotta hear. I gotta see the picture, you know, like when people just rapping about their life, especially when it's kind of correlates along the size of what I was going through. That's what I, I needed that for sure. Yeah, all those guys are great mm -hmm. poets. Yeah. Biggie was fantastic at painting pictures. Mm -hmm. Eminem was just oh my god on berserk just, just you know man. okay who do you think did better on Renegade <laughs> oh, this debate man <laughs> this debate oh of course of course M M took it for sure you know but the goat will always be Jay. the goat will you always know be Jay. like you know but that's gonna happen that's what you want you you want to have people on your records that's going to push you to the next level that's going to challenge you. 
um, to even yeah. get better on the next track. You know, it's interesting. Jay-Z almost never has the hottest song of the year, mm -hmm. but he's the most consistently great mm. overall. Yeah. He doesn't have the, like the song of the year. Yeah. And a lot of those songs go away. Mm -hmm. Right? When it was like, this is why I'm hot. Is it like mm -hmm. that was the shit when it came yeah. out, but nobody talks about it now. Yeah, yeah. But people still bump Heart of the City. For sure. <laughs> For sure. You know, it's yeah. like he has like a slow burn, you mm -hmm. know? Yeah, Jay's incredible. Yeah, he, Kendrick is also fantastic. Yeah. I got into Kendrick kind of late. Mm -hmm. Um a lot of times when everybody likes an artist, I tend not to listen to them. Mm. And then like years later I'm like, hey, <laughs> Have y'all heard this track? They're like, we've been <laughs> on that. <laughs> heard this three years ago. What are you talking about? Nah, yeah. Uh, that's that's crazy. You work with Kendrick on a few things. Yeah, absolutely. What yeah. was the first project you did with Kendrick? Um, I want to say it had to be BET Awards. I think 20, 2016, Is that the one with the chains on nah, stage? That was, that was actually Grammys. That was actually three years later. Okay. Um. Yeah, that that was, and that's what I loved about working, especially with a lot of the artists that I worked with, is um, they all had a purpose, and they all it wasn't just just thrown together ideas. Like it was like a specific purpose. It's a reason why I'm doing this. I have to highlight this. Yes, you know, like I love to to get on stage and touch people when I know I'm doing something right. When I know. It's a reason why I'm here. Yeah. I have a purpose. I have a. I stand for something in this performance. Not just a dance for the sake of dancing. Not just, not just dancing. Just for oh yeah, it's cool. Like no, like mo like literally probably I would say eighty percent of my career and everything I've done, it was a purpose felt moment. It was a reason why we were hitting the stage. It was a reason why we were doing the, what we were doing. It was a reason why I was freestyle freestyling a specific way, you know. Uh, so on that first one, when you first met Kendrick, what mm -hmm. was it like? Was it a phone call first? What's the first um, time you say hello to him? Oh, the first time I said what's up for sure I said hello uh, was for sure BET Awards when they um, it was uh, the America track that he did, and that was when there was the police cars and uh, we was just like hoodlums just on stage just ransacking the city, but uh, just that controlled chaos and just. And that was you dancing with him, right? Yeah, that was us dancing with him for sure. Yeah, we did that uh, when we did the uh, when we did the prison yard situation. That was for the Grammys. Man, those people and the people in the crowd was like, "What is happening?" Like, it was just we was breaking out of jail. It was then we then they had we had the uh, the highlighted paint job on on some of the other dancers. And it just brought it to a whole Af African bonfire situation. Oh my gosh, it was a beautiful moment. Who directed that one? Um, Fatima. Fatima. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, Fatima and Dubs worked on that one. Um, I love I love working with Kendra. I love working with Will. Uh, when we did uh, when we did Pharrell, when we were stepping and we we represented. Uh, um, oh my gosh, don't kill me with these names. When we had the hoodies. And uh, it was the uh, happy, happy song. Yeah, that he did. Oh, there was like a twenty-four hour music video, right? Yeah, he filmed it. man. Yeah, yeah. When we did that, we did that for I think the Grammys as well. 
so much fun like and it, and if and it felt good to to utilize what you've learned prior in your life and career because in college we stepped a lot right but out here you know you, it wasn't a lot of stepping and we was like man we get back to our roots like we get to step oh this is tight you that know that Grammy's performance was insane man it was it was absolutely amazing like about that's what i love to do i love what's his vibe like in person Kendra. Kendra, oh, super chill, super cool. He's always hands on. He's always engaged in what we're doing. Is he talkative or more like in his zone? No, he he's more in his zone. Always in his zone. Always like want to know why this is happening or why this is moving like this. Or so he'll if he sees like a whatever the creative directors are putting on yeah, it. He's not he just saying whatever. Admit, he's like, yeah. what does that spotlight mean? Okay, exactly. cool. He has it. to be some type of understanding. He has always has so much input in, into what what was going to be showcased you know like i should have this or we should do this or you know it's always love even even for uh the super bowl this year it was one of my greatest moments of all time and especially in my career that was epic how did it Man. feel to be on uh, the hip-hop super bowl the energy was insane oh my gosh it was it was unreal it was electrifying like, the Kendrick session was my favorite section of that. Yeah, it, the, and the way it was shot, the way it I was you, shot, I knew man, you appreciated with the camera with the snap zooms and everything. I was like, man, yes, I, I know you appreciate that. Just besides the, the way whole it hit, just the way it was shot, it was just. I like camera choreography for a purpose. For a purpose, it's not just shot. No, no, no. Yeah, it's this and this cue because it just. It's mm. a relationship, man. It's a relationship. It worked hand in hand with everything we were doing while we were moving. It was. It was. It was. A, Did you guys rehearse that camera movement? Yeah. Yeah, with the Steadicam mop or whatever. Yeah, yeah. You, you had to know exactly where the, this camera guy was gonna be looking, where this was gonna be shot. So like your front changed a bit, right? You're like, now we're facing this way yep. for camera A, mm -hmm. and then in this queue we're gonna be facing over here. Mm -hmm. It's almost like they have to pre-edit. Yeah. The yeah. show. Yeah. And even, then just run it. Even even the boxes that we were in, it was like we had to choreograph how we were getting them off and in a certain spot right how, you can't just pop them off however it's is yeah it, everything was meticulously done like everything we had a few different versions and of course obviously as it grows yeah through the creative process but it was man it was man describe the day of the day of the super bowl man what time did you wake up day of day of i probably woke up at like six six thirty I went to the gym, warmed up, you know, got my body right, listened to, to Kendrick. I probably listened to Kendrick mm -hmm. the whole day. Um, when was call time? Call time, it was since we was on the East Coast. I mean, since we were on the West Coast uh, and, you know, they, the basic time for the West Coast, uh, the East Coast was like 8. I think call time was probably like 11, 30, 12. And we had to be there. And um, Was there a rehearsal the day of? No. The day of everybody just no, has to know what they're doing. No, yeah, you yeah, we had a we had like a quick little just like site type of run through situation, but it wasn't not a full show thing. Full, Maybe just like in your own little corner, yeah, go over the Yeah, because a lot of a lot of the most of the time because we we learned the show fairly early. We learned the show fairly early. Most of the time that was like consumed, How early? like weeks before? Yeah, for sure, weeks before. Weeks before because most of the time that was that was being consumed was about the camera work. 
mm. was about the timing of getting everything on and everything off because of the time constraint that they have on Super Bowl. It's insane how they put the stages together. To, no, <laughs> everything, it, every cord, every light, every person, you have to enter that way. You have to exit that way because mm -hmm. you can't trip over the, can't trip the over audio nothing, person or whatever. The, it's the like, lights and how many people is going to take to get this out. It's it's so yeah. it's it has to be done perfectly. It has yeah. to be done flawlessly. So that's what it, a lot of the time was was being held up was just figuring out the timing of this, the timing of that. And especially with it being so many artists, it took up a lot of time for them to develop that. Um, but uh, so the day of you yeah, get called at eleven thirty. Called in. Um, you guys are all hanging somewhere eat. backstage inside the stadium. Yeah, yeah. It was we had like a, our own type of camp right outside the stadium, and the check-in was crazy because of COVID at the time. So it was very, it was very like very by the book, by the book, mask on, mask on at all times. Check your temperature, like every pass you needed you needed your pass to get through each checkpoint i'm sure because security must have been insane getting checked getting checked every day we had that was probably one of the most tedious things was getting a COVID test every day every time you walked in rehearsal and you know a couple people got it you know and because really? they was you know they was really they was really hard on us they said yo rehearse and go home and i was telling people i'm like yo go home y'all no kicking it, no hanging out, you know. Even me throwing a lot of parties, I was like, I'm not throwing no parties. Like, yeah, I'm, gonna let, after. I'm gonna let my parent, like, I'm gonna let my partners handle the uh, the side parties while we was done, and just work on the uh, Super Bowl after party. But uh, yeah, I was I was rehearsal home, rehearsal home. That was that was my schedule for a solid month and a half, you know. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't play around. I was like, I'm not gonna miss this opportunity, especially with something that's that could be out of your hands. Like it's not based on your talent. So it's, it's sickness, you know. Like yeah. that could take you out of the greatest moment of your life. I wasn't gonna let that happen. No way. I wasn't gonna let that away. It was so. such a great moment for hip hop, and the fact that it was in LA. Oh my gosh! Bringing it back to where it all started. Yeah. Just imagining, you know, growing up in Compton, and then and the yeah. just what it means, yeah. like. For Kendrick, especially purpose, growing up miles man. from there, and purpose, then purpose, like it. And I remember, I remember when we got the call. The first, the first call I got was, well, I knew, I knew months before. I said, oh, I'm, I'm doing this. <laughs> yeah. I, it's, I'm, I'm going, I'm doing this. For when you sure. heard the artist, you were just like, yeah. As soon as they made the announcement, I'm in this. I am in this for sure. Like, but I remember when we got the call. Uh, my homie Dubs, you know, hit me up. He was like, "Hey, you, 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 uh, would you dye your hair?" <laughs> and I was like, "What?" He's like, "Would you dye your hair?" I'm like, "What color?" He like blonde, <laughs> and he sent me the pictures, and I was like, "Hey, man, whatever, whatever it takes, yes, whatever it <laughs> takes." <laughs> Man, whatever it takes, I'm in there. I'm gonna do whatever I have to do to get to get this gig and to uh, perform. I wasn't gonna let nothing nothing get in my way. What a great moment for hip hop. Mm -hmm. Just yeah, I've rewatched that like a hundred times. Yo, it was amazing. It was like I was like this. I was like people retire after this. You know, people say, "Oh, this is it. I, I've done everything I, I wanted to do," which which I've done. And I was like, oh, "I did everything I wanted to do." What were what was the moments the hour before the showtime? 
intense. Man, it was intense. It was because the game was going on. Obviously, yeah, it was the game was going so. on. We're Are you guys like, watching the game? Watching, yeah, we were watching the TVs, not live, but we were like watching it on the TVs in the hallway. Um, because it was like when it was like we had to, we had to be like standing in the aisles and prepared to 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 run on, probably with like five minutes on the clock, uh, in the second quarter. Um, everybody's excited. Everybody's screaming. Everybody taking pictures. Is there like a group Videos. prayer or something? Or uh... yeah, yeah, yeah. We 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 had our group prayer, but a lot of us was separated because of the sections that we were in. Mm. So oh, because you have to enter through different mm -hmm. things. So kind of you have to be in your own little yeah, nook and cranny. Yeah. So we had like one huge one, and then we had our like separate things. But me, I was wilding. I was I was going crazy. I was going crazy. I was yelling at everybody. I'm like, yo, let's go. Like, don't be trash. Like, it's it's over. Like, I'm gonna be I told I told him, I was like, yo, I'm gonna be screaming during the performance and everything. They actually got a good picture too of me like just like we're just grilling up. Like, man, it was it was no games. Like it was like career on the line, put it all on the floor. Like it was I wasn't gonna like never be like walking off like dang like I should have just did this better. It wasn't gonna be none of that. Like I'm coming for blood. I'm taking this shit over. Like it was it was not a game. Like I was mamba mentality type vibes. <laughs> like that whole day I was like, yo, it's on. But we had a we had a blast. Like and it felt good that I had a lot few of my brothers there too, like from a few of my Ocean brothers, you know. Who all was there? Devin, Peter, Face Off, you know, them dudes, man. I love working with them. Like I love working with them. It's just a lot of people were yeah, there. Yeah, right? was a lot Rob of people. Yeah, was yeah, there. No, Rob, yeah, Rob was there. I had a I had a lot of good a lot of good people. Quan was, Quan was in there. Quan was in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He got teased because he ain't never want to wear a shirt. <laughs> Oh you know, yeah, because he he's always rocking the no shirt. <laughs> it was funny, man. We was all in rehearsals. They was like, "Hey, man, do you have a, any regular shirts? Like, like any shirts at all?" He was like, "Man, shut up." It was funny because what he gonna kill me after this story? <laughs> but um, it was literally our first day of rehearsal. It was our first day of rehearsal, and we had to be so militant. You know, they like, "Yo, make sure y'all coming to rehearsals all black, no." No extra shit on your shirt, nothing. Like, just straight black, just be tied to, together. So we like, all right, cool, you know. You couldn't even have a do-rag on. So They wanted solidarity. They wanted, yeah, you wanted to see how it was going to be look. It was like we wanted to be in suits pretty much that yeah. first day. And um, everybody's taking off, you know, their extra stuff that they had on, their cool gear, their cool rehearsal gear. Like, yeah, I'm doing the Super Bowl. Yeah, take that shit off. <laughs> we took all that off. And then, you know, Quan, he was just reluctant to take off his uh, wave cap. And everybody like, come on, Quan, you got to take off your wave cap, right? This man takes his wave cap off and he already had the blonde hair. Yo, <laughs> we fell out dying. He was like, I had to see how it was going to look first. Like, <laughs> yo, it was one of the funniest moments, man. We could not stop laughing. Like. He's like, of course you would have the blonde hair already. We was like, the show not to like another month or so. Like, he's like, man, I just had to see, man, I had to see. You know, it was funny. It was great to to look at the TV and see so many familiar faces. Yeah, I know what that meant for the culture. Man, man, it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Shout out to my homie True too. True was in there too. Uh, um. Yeah, man, it was it was a beautiful moment, man. Just for everybody, we were so appreciative, and it was just 
it was an amazing feeling for sure. Like, and I can't wait for the documentary to come out. Cause You're doing a doc about like, it? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, sp speaking of the doc, man, it was we was going through some heavy negotiating. <laughs> Because at first, they wanted to kind of pay us peanuts. You right, know? I heard. Yeah, man. It, it, we was like, looked at that first number like, uh, I don't think this is... Right. This isn't right. We need, we deserve more, you know, especially being a part of a legendary cast and a legend. We know that this is a legendary performance. We understand. And you guys that. added to that legendary because you guys are legendary dancers. Exactly. And it was, first of all, it's an award-winning show you know what i'm saying i'm like we got a couple emmys y'all for this so yeah you know we we need to um so they had to renegotiate our contract but let's they talk about they came back fair yeah man let's talk about um what changes do you want to see in the dance industry as far as how dancers are paid and treated on major jobs hmm. i'm gonna start with this the problem is is that we don't have a protective system that protects the dancer we just have the agents that protects the the average pay that's coming in mm -hmm. we don't have a system that says or law we don't have a law that says dear artists and your team you cannot pay below this because your video budget is too high now it was an interview it was by a w WNBA player and she says uh she put it in great context. She said, yo, we're not WNBA players aren't asking to get paid as much as the men. They're saying they should get paid the same revenue that's coming in, the same percentages of the revenue that's that the NBA is bringing in. Got it. So based on the NBA pro projections, the same or whatever cut of the coming, pie. Exactly. They, they know that 25 percent of the revenue of each of these teams is going to the players and we need to stop undercutting the pay saying giving them giving putting a dollar amount on the person on a person's head don't put a dollar amount it should be a percentage of what the revenue is coming in or whatever the budget is right the percentage of that should all just go it shouldn't be a number thing it's no law and why and the reason why i say law because it's no punishment handed down to these artists that replace dancers because they're too expensive mm. And that's the thing. It's like, yo, if we're in this room, there's a reason why we're in this room. It's like, okay, I'm only getting $500. It's like, um, I'm, I'm not going to take it. But somebody else will. And that's where that punishment needs to, needs to lie. If you're a professional signed dancer, that's, that's who you are. That's where we need to kind of separate dancers from professional dancers. Right. It's a reason why professional comes before that. It's because you, you, you've put in your time, you've put in your work. We know that you can do this job. You are the one of the few are able to do this job. So you need to get paid accordingly to that instead of it being just a, a, a slot that you're, that you're filling. Because right now we're just looked at it as like just filling in a slot. And uh, these artists and their teams, they, you know, they're not dividing that percentage off correctly and then so when that happens you're not it's not a system that punishes them for stepping out of that professional line and hiring a non-professional dancer right if i had walked on the field and they gave me a raiders jersey to play for the raiders they'll get sued 
because I'm not technically a professional athlete right. or not signed to the NFL as a, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. we need that NFL, NBA system yes. that protects our job and the position and the, the money that's actually coming in. Yes. And that's why. It needs to be a, <sighs> so it's like, okay, if we have, because sometimes it's these big artists that try to undercut and be like, you know, we're just going to pay them whatever, you know. And it's not necessarily the artist. Sometimes the artist is clueless. Yeah. You know, it's the team. It's the it's lawyers. The producers, it's all it's of them. The, yeah. It's like this system that we have and this law that we have, we need a lawyer. We need lawyers and people that's protecting the dancer and the dancer pay. Didn't they just start a new... Uh union now for is a choreographer's union i have no idea or guild or something or, i haven't heard about that i need to look into that <coughs> i heard they were starting something new i don't know if it's launched yet or not but yeah but that that's that's where i'm putting a lot of my time is advocating and getting in the right rooms i was saying before um to help push the right agenda for dancers to get paid a lot more right now we just getting the average right now they're trying to if you really think about it dancers are getting paid minimum wage and it's nowhere near we should it's nowhere near we should not be getting minimum wage when these aren't minimum wage jobs yeah this isn't radio shack you right. know what i'm saying like this is the entertainment business it's a lot more money and and you're on tv you're on television you're 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 yeah, a highly uh, uh, skilled job highly you can't just job. replace it but you can just put everybody yeah. can't do right you know what i'm saying it's like it's a reason why i'm signed you know what i'm saying is like that's where that protection and then and then another thing we need to have guaranteed contracts just as the nfl and the nba does no matter what happens on this job you're gonna get paid accordingly you know what i'm saying like we shouldn't have these dance artists going on the road clearing out their whole entire year and then you like, you know what? I'm not gonna go on tour anymore. And then you got the dancer sitting there like, yo, what yeah. the what the fuck? Like no severance, I, nothing. You know what I'm saying? Like we need to have like, okay, well the what's the max that I'm gonna get from that percentage? You know what I'm saying? Like it's like, yo, this is the tour budget. That percentage is like, okay, we know it's gonna kind of equal to hundred and fifty thousand dollars. But a hundred thousand of it is going to be guaranteed, no right. matter what happens. Right. You know what I'm saying? So And you're not even asking for a lot. Like so many other jobs have this. Listen. Oh my gosh. Don't get There's me started. Basic jobs it's, that have it's, that. It's, it's it's crazy. That that's where we need to kind of um put it. So it's in in you know, another another person had asked me, like, yo, how do how do we help the new dancer or whatever, the person that doesn't have the uh, the main, the main jobs that aren't a professional dancer or whatever that mm -hmm. needs to put in their time that needs to put in their work it's the same as every artist we understand that every artist is not gonna have the budget we understand that so that means you need based on your budget these are the dancers that are allowed to do right your if it was job. percentage based then it's it would change with the it pie would change with the pie it's that simple yeah, it's almost like dancers need to be treated a little bit like in, in film producing terms, like a little more above the line, mm -hmm. right? Because directors and producers, they get paid percentages, right? right? Traditionally, a director will get like 10% of a budget, right? Like if you do 100,000 music video, the directors gets around 10 mm -hmm. or so. And it's like kind of standard, right? It's always as the budget grows, so does the rate. Exactly. You know, and, and they're treated that way. Same, same with movies based yeah. on the revenue that is going to accumulate. It's still extra checks down the line. Right. 
I, I want I want to advocate for choreographers to get residuals for tour work. Yeah, that's crazy. A choreographer, because it's funny because there's people that make Broadways and they get residuals on those millions for years if, and years. They could be running yeah. for decades. The original choreographer is still getting paid. Exactly. But if somebody puts together the a world tour for artists, they just get like a choreographer rate. Exactly. You get you get your one lump sum. I'll say like you get your say you get your ten grand. And they get you, and they get to use your choreography, choreography for years, and it's like in these meetings we need to understand that choreography is intellectual property. Yes, like and that's how we have to almost yeah. It, that's how we have to treat it. This is my intellectual property. This came from my money through my body to to produce this show for y'all. Yes, even if you lowballed it and said, okay, we'll give you a hundred dollars a show, if we lowballed it. That's probably one person's ticket mm -hmm. to get. If you just gave the choreographer a hundred dollars for each show that they do on the whole length of the tour, yeah, you'll be you'll be you'll yeah. be good. You'll be good. I I just don't understand. What really hit me, even I was talking about like business and stuff earlier. It hit me um, a while ago, but I started like really diving in this year. Was of course the guaranteed contract, but to the understanding of how how they weren't getting residuals how they wasn't being able to be like you know because like bad bunny they made like 130 million off his like first shows and it really blew my mind that dance is like the only um body strenuous you know you only have maybe a 20 hour 20 uh 20 year Window. gap of career to yeah. do that you can't make millions every other art type of vibe that you're doing you can make millions dance and you can do only, forever dance is the only one that's at the bottom of the barrel yeah because you can act when you're 70 you can act you can you can sing when you're 70 you could be a rock star you can paint you can paint you could draw all all these other arts like you can make millions but dance how is that it possible? requires sacrifice so much physical sacrifice and and your athletes, your world class athletes, they, treated with on, minimum man. wage. They they talk and all now this you shit every also year. have audiences. They talk this shit every year, like just to kind of just rub on our egos, like oh yeah, this is our number one athletes. We don't get paid like it. Why not? You know what I'm saying? It's like somebody got to somebody got to stand up. We got to figure this out. And this the reason why is because everybody's able to take advantage of how much we love this shit. You know what I'm saying? If you take advantage, like oh you love this this much. Oh, I could just pay you peanuts because we would do it for peanuts because we love it too much. And that's what that we, we gave that away. We gave that secret away that we love it instead of and then it start feeling like an actual job. It's like, yo, all right. You know, and, you know, like the cost of living keeps that's, going up every yeah. year. How does the cost of living keep going up? But our dancer budgets and the things that we get. Um, on these jobs don't go up that don't make sense we gotta make the cost of dancing go up the cost of dancing has to go up it has it's the, literally the same thing that's why they that's why it always correlates when when uh uh when 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 everything starts going and inflation yeah, and everything inflation, goes yeah. up <coughs> they they know like every time it's like oh we're gonna raise the minimum wage and then that's when they're being like oh well, we're gonna raise everything that costs yeah. we're gonna raise that it's like okay well Dancer pay has to go up. Yes. It has to kind of go up with everything else. You know what I'm saying? Like 
Yeah. So 10 years ago, my rent was $800. Now it's $1,400. Right. You know what I'm saying? But guess what? I'm still make, we still making the same amount that we was making 10 years ago. Yeah. How is that? How is that possible? Like, you know what I'm saying? That's why I, I loved commercials because it like really. Commercials do give residuals. Man, yeah. You know, they do the residual thing, you know, and. You're not even so interesting. Using your body are that there much. laws that protect that on the commercial side? Yeah, because I think it's just the leftover rules from acting. You know what I'm saying? It's just mm. like you're just considered an actor that can dance. You know what I'm saying? It's not really like a law that really is for the dancer. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's not really for the creator, which blows my mind. And we got to change that. So this is where the punishment needs to happen. It's like. Okay, you got a professional signed dancer, whether they're signed to an agency or signed to an actual uh, a manager. Right. And if your budget exceeds this, that means you have the 25% or whatever yeah. uh, the revenue is that's going to go to the, the, the dancers. And then it's like, if they step out of line, they get punished for it. There should be a penalty of some It has kind. to be a penalty. Yeah. That's when they're going to stop. Right now, they can get away with it. That's why we still in the same like It needs regulation at it this needs point. It needs regulation. Like a governing we body. have to lock yeah. it down. We have to lock it down. And that's what it is. We got to, bro. Like, it's the only way. Yeah. And we, you, you can't just have a bunch of money and then create a bank. Because it's not like it's just a bunch of homies doing passion projects. You're working on real things that make millions of dollars. Millions of dollars. Millions. And what's trippy is that, like you said, a lot of times the artists don't even know because they're also getting screwed. Right. Right. Because I, I saw Meek Mill posted that his records made over $100 million, but he only got $10 million of that. Crazy. Crazy. It's, it's crazy. Like, and... You know, in this perspective, too, is just based on the revenue. Because somebody even mentioned recently, they was like, um, LeBron got uh, uh, his his billion-dollar lifetime deal and with Nike. And it was like, he should have asked for $40 billion because Nike makes $40 billion a year. And if mm -hmm. they make it $40 billion a year and they got you for a lifetime and only giving you $8 billion They're giving that, you one fortieth. It's like... For a lifetime. And if he lives... Yeah. It's like... And he's probably raising the stock price of it. And the, and they're like, you know, LeBron should have just had his own company or had his own shoot. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. outside of Nike because he's not even getting that right percentage that he, of what he's actually bringing in or his value to Nike. I feel like this is the era where we're all realizing our worth. Mm. Yeah, for sure. And that's that's thing. We're yeah. worth a lot in this creative zone. We're worth so much more. Like, and I get it. Everybody goes goes through something. It's like, yo, we really we really need that five hundred dollars. We really need that thousand dollars. You know, like even for me, like I should like it, it. Don't make no sense that I made more money from my after party at the Super Bowl. Than I did at the actual Super Bowl. Wait, what? You made more money from throwing your after party than from actually being in the Super Bowl. Exactly. How is that possible? It shouldn't have to take you being so entrepreneurial that you throw an, an after party for you how's to get that, a decent pay. How's that possible? Like, it, it shouldn't it shouldn't work out like that, you know? Even even with the Chris Brown situation, and I like I said I said I was like, yo, they still need to get paid for that show, the show that they got canceled on for, with the uh, MJ situation. You know, you had you had these amazing, talented, professional dancers that cleared their schedule 
and it's just you mean to go on tour with michael you say no with uh with chris brown they were supposed to do the amas oh it's a recent thing recently yeah they were doing a huge michael jackson tribute Mm -hmm. and they canceled the show two days before the show and it's like and there was no severance pay for that of course not of course not is of course they're gonna just get paid just for rehearsals and this is why i'll be telling a lot of dancers too i'll be like separate your rehearsal money and the actual job money yeah because that's two different use one is actually utilizing in in figuring out what you got to do on a job and the other one is the actual job right now we combine everything and we like oh yeah we get a decent check separate it rehearsals is rehearsals the job is the job so how much are you actually getting for the job and they're not going to get it because and they cleared their day and now they're not getting that money but that should have been guaranteed in their contract there needs to be like a non-refundable deposit for you to save the date of the show because you think if you don't show up for the show for the show day exactly you'll get punished exactly come on man you know what's up like what if everybody just didn't show up on you a major me? performance can you make and because everybody was like yo i think everybody should just boycott everybody should boycott i mean so i might I'm, take that at some event it's, for it, people it just would to have, be like it how would have taken valuable that. it would have taken that it would have, if, if everybody just said oh then we not we not doing it and it and then, and then it's just something weird like it's like oh you just say never mind to the show you just, that's it like you know like that's that blows my mind that the people just can just cancel on you and then you're just supposed to just be like well okay on to the next one nah where nah. my money at yeah we we have to take these painful moments that are happening now mm-hmm. and translate that to how we're going to make the future better exactly right because now people watching this are going to be like wait a minute when they if there's somebody out there watching this podcast right now where a year from now they might get their first tour mm-hmm. they should remember this conversation no real talk and be like well what happens if the tour gets canceled what if yeah. the artist just gets pregnant and says i don't want to do the tour or whatever right what happens to their thing what is the guaranteed pay no exactly what happens if they make a documentary of the tour yeah right like these are things that we need to talk and say them out loud no a big part of it i think is like you said because everybody is also struggling for money so people Mm. are going to take what they need to take exactly and then people are afraid to call things out of losing opportunities but if we have these conversations more publicly because i don't think any of because i was talking to taja about this too like you guys aren't asking for anything crazy no no we're not it's not like you're asking for give us the royal carpet treatment it's like bare minimum how about this if the job gets canceled the two day can you just like that's not crazy it's, it's not it's not crazy that's not asking for it's not crazy it, it's not crazy at all it, it's there's corporate jobs where like you know if they fire you they have to give you like a month or two pay or what, yeah. what whatever it they is have to right? buy you out yeah, yeah it's, it's yeah it's like you have to get paid your value for what you were actually going to be doing or what you added to this job it's almost like as artists we have this um identity of saying hey we're escaping the nine to five mm-hmm. we don't got regular jobs we're artists we're doing things our way man and mm-hmm. then we do things our way and then we're like oh shit there, there were some uh some structures in place in mm-hmm. quote unquote regular jobs that need to be applied to the yeah. artist world right because we enjoy our freedom we enjoy yeah being able to work whenever and that's great but some structure is needed mm-hmm. no yeah yeah we we definitely need that structure there's a couple things i was even telling a good friend of mine i was like yo man if you really replaced all the jobs she's done all the dance jobs she's done for acting jobs she'll be a multi-millionaire like 
her her she will be set for the rest of her life and i just don't want to grow up and have and have kids that want to follow in my footsteps and say oh i want to be a dancer and i don't want to be that parent to be like no absolutely not because right i want i want it to be an actual career opportunity with a sense of some kind of security to it some nothing's ever fully secure but right. at least at least the standard of other industries can yeah. we at least financially standards it's, it's that it's yeah. that simple I, I had a good friend you know he was so excited for the justin bieber tour you know and he had a he had a three-bedroom apartment and he's like he's like it don't make no sense for me to have this three-bedroom apartment if i'm going on tour for two years I'm right there. And I'm like, you're absolutely right. You know what I'm saying? Of course, I always want to make sure you have a safety net. Like, try to get a one bedroom or something like that. Yeah. But you know, the time he, he just he didn't have the time right. to to make sure that happened or whatever. So, and of course, you, he has good friends to rely on to make sure he's good. But you know, he 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 gets rid of his place. You know, uh, and he goes on the road, and then next thing you know. Bieber's like, oh, uh, you know, I'm going through something and I need to uh, not do the tour anymore. Now you have my homie homeless. And it's like, what what are y'all doing to fix that? You know what I'm saying? Now now y'all cut off his pay that he was going to be having for two years. Y'all cut off his his, his, his with, no severance. with no severance, not, no guarantee. I feel like that, that's just, that doesn't sit right. You know, if you're asking somebody to commit a year or two. Like, like if they yes. were hiring somebody who's like a, you know, like a, like a marine biologist or something, and they were like, we want you to move to whatever, Alaska for two years to do this research they thing. They pay for everything. Yeah. It's, it's, and, it's, and, that's, and that's where we have to rely on our agents, too, where they're they a part of this, where it's like, yo, you're a liability, Justin. You know what I'm saying? This, is, this ain't the first time you've done this. You know what I'm saying? Like, be, even before they signed the first contract, it should have been like... He's a he's must a little bit of a liability. We need to protect our dancers and make sure that they're going to be set for this certain amount of time. So it's like, okay, well, you know, I'm not going to do no other jobs. You already said no to those right. Other There's people, an opportunity cost other, of you turning down other other those things, other commitments. I'm not I'm not going to be here, y'all. You know what I'm saying? Like, and to be like, okay, well. You need to pay this, or you need to have this guaranteed in that contract because you can you can have some type of illness or something. Anything can happen. Because you know what? I bet you what? I bet the stadiums that they were supposed to perform at charged them a non-refundable fee. Come on. I bet if you book Madison Square Garden Come and on. then even if it's six months out, everybody. I, I, I heard has it costs half a million just to turn the lights on. Madison Square Garden. Come on. You're telling me they're going to let you say no and say, oh, it's all good. Everybody has this thing. Everybody, yeah. like, all buildings, everybody has this a cancellation fee. Yes. It's a cancellation fee. If you cancel T-Mobile, there's a, <laughs> there's a, a cancellation, cancellation fee. fee. You got to pay. You got to pay for this full phone. In order to, come on. And then and then we need to, we need every dancer, every job, <coughs> their pay needs to go up. It's the same thing with actors. With actors, every job that they're like mm -hmm. really get solidified or either if it's a series regular on TV shows or anything like that, their pay goes up. Ours is the only one that stays the same for every job. So I, so the person that gets his first music video is getting the same person, getting the same pay as the person that's, it's their 20th video? How does that make sense? Yeah, because if you were to get a legendary actor, they Come would on. cost more than a newbie. Come on, you're not getting, you, 
You know what I'm saying? You're not going to get Samuel Jackson in there just for a regular day raid. Come on, man. Come <laughs> on, man. Stop playing. Like, it's it's real, yo. It's and I real. would argue that dancing is harder. Absolutely. Like, come on, man. Like, we really do this. And it's 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 sad, man. It's sad. And, and I was like, yo, this year I was like, yo, I really got to step away from dancing, um, focus on my other careers and stuff, and just advocate for 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 change for it for it to be changed um for what dancing, are man. some of your other streams of revenue um i'm a president of a record label uh there's a new record label called untitled prodigies yeah um, amazing artists um, that we just building putting the great teams around them um and just filtering out their work and their uh their projects of course tfk my golden line of course, I'm still doing uh, commercials and still getting residuals. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you used to throw the parties? Yeah, of course. Still throw and what's a lot that of business like? Is that um, like you rent the venue mm -hmm. and then whatever you make, you make? Or is there like a, like a door split? Like how no. does that business model usually work? Yeah, so it's a, it's a couple. It's a couple of avenues that we do. Um, uh, a couple of like the weekly parties to have partners that we pretty much collab on an event. Um, so we'll have like a weekly a weekly um contract that we have with the like the uh, throwback the thursdays video. at uh at uh, yeah, federal yeah. yeah you know you know the federal vibes where we have like a a weekly contract or like a lease like okay we're gonna have this party for a year or two years or whatever and do you gotta it. pay them up front for that no no when it's a when it's a when it's a contract that you have with the club you don't it's not necessarily you renting it out you know what I'm saying? You rent it out when it's like those special events, like when it's like, oh, a BET party, a Grammy party, or when right. it's like one of those like special off the books thing. When it's a weekly thing, um, that's the relationship you have with the club. It's like, oh, okay. you bring, you're the promoter. You bring, you bring curate the vibe. In, curate the vibe. We curate the, the theme of the night, the colors, the vibrance, all that. Like, that's what we pretty much coordinate. You and then know. there's some kind of like door split slash bar exactly. split or something. Exactly. We get, you know, because uh, sometimes we get in high end clients that want tables and things like that. So we'll get like a percentage off um, a percentage of the, the bottle service that we have. Um, we're able to bring our own people. Sometimes we're able to have like, you know, sometimes our own bartenders, our own bottle service girls um to to even give out jobs for people go go girls things like that that's dope so so it's like so the business model is that you're telling the club hey mm -hmm. i can make the vibe here great mm -hmm. and i can get people to come enjoy this vibe and spend money here mm -hmm. and for yeah, that that's my value you're bringing in mm -hmm. curating the vibe and getting people in there exactly. therefore you get a cut of the thing right and, and kind of like what you want to do with the dance side right same thing if Same it thing. makes twice as much, then you get paid twice as it's, much because the percentage is there. It's, there. it's not a crazy it's concept. Not, it's not, man. For it's everything not. else, you get paid on the results. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. It's yeah. actually pro very pro-capitalist, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, because most because most club owners, they already bought the building. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like they don't have like a rent. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, most of their money is literally coming from the bar. And more people, the more money the bar makes. So it's like, yo, I want a nice little Wednesday event, or I want, and you have, and you kind of structure out uh, uh, what night they need um, those type of vibes. Like, so, so you have one club that's like, yo, we already have a jazz night on Sundays. Can you bring like a hip hop element on another day? What day would be best? And then you kind of pick a day like that on, just based on even the circumference of, what's around there who where the apartment buildings around this club how far can people have to travel right you know what i'm saying so 
and that's how pretty much it works out but with the special events usually you would you you do only the renting out if it's not an official club night yeah if it's not an official club night but if it's not one of if it's not a club at all you know if it's like a warehouse and you you know because that's even like a great way to do it is that we'll rent out uh, uh uh so like with cherry pop we do our emerging artists okay uh festival things this is where we give the opportunity for people that have their own entrepreneurial spirits and they you know we have uh they have booths and everything like that and then we have like these emerging artists to perform and we give them the platform to perform and for their people and we'll just rent out like a warehouse to have some type of like outdoor setting um, and starting to kind of just build like a cherry pop vibe from there. And for those kind of things, it's those you just rent it out for you clear. Rent it out, and then the door is what it is. The door yeah. is what it is. The whatever we make at the bar, and that's how we kind of filter out and pay people as well. I love that. Yeah, because and I think the world needs more get-togethers as well. With yeah. everything growing on the internet, which I'm very pro technology, mm-hmm. but also it's like there's nothing like just being in a in the the right room with the right vibe. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah. like the curating a vibe is also such a unique skill mm-hmm. you know yeah because like i don't even go out that often but there was um the last couple of times i went out and had fun like i remember yanni took me to like a 2000s night mm. they were playing just 2000s era hip-hop and i was just like yes mm-hmm. i didn't know anybody there but it felt like i knew everybody there mm-hmm. yeah because we were all singing the same old ludicrous songs whatever like we were all just like and it was like amazing and it was yeah. like okay cool. i went there for that vibe mm-hmm that was the only reason I went out that night because I knew that that somebody took the time and care right to make it what I, the flavor that I wanted to go to right right that's 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 exactly what happened with uh, our Thursday nights at Federal yeah the Throwback Thursdays we had Throwback Thursdays which which it was the whole eighties nineties thing yeah and we and it went for so long it went for yeah. like seven eight years I had a lot of fun at those and then at those and then after that it was it was a shift that happened was that all those people that came in in those past seven, eight years, they got older, right? And then it was a new wave of people, which means their old school is different from the old school than how we started. For them, old school is like 2000s, exactly. 2010s, so, yeah. So that's how we had to change the whole dynamic <laughs> right. of what we brought. So now we changed the, nom- the name from throwback to, to new era. And then that's when it was new era. And new era, all, era, like yeah, like the brim. Exactly. <laughs> like new era. I like that. And then it was like, oh, this is all two thousands now. And then it was like, it was a whole new group of wave of people. It's so funny how the term old school shifts. Yeah, you know, because I remember when the Super Bowl happened. Um, a lot there was this meme going on of us being like, look, finally they're they stopped doing artists for old people. They're doing the stuff that we like. <laughs> and they were like, Oh, this song is 30 years old. Ah, we're the old yeah, bucks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll never forget that one time. Uh, who did Missy do it with that one time? It was it was somebody I was I was with when we was watching it. They was like, Who's that? I was like, Missy Elliott? Are you, <laughs> you kidding me? You know, man, it blows my mind. Yeah, it blows my mind. That's, I saw, I had a friend. She was she was uh, she was having a conversation with someone, and she was like, she was like, uh, where were you during nine eleven? And I was like, that's kind of interesting. That's an interesting question. 
And she was like, oh, if you remember, then yeah. I know that you're old enough to have a conversation. And yeah. I was like, that's how I kind of gauge where you where you were. If you remember, then it means you were like old enough to have the conversation now. Because some people was like, oh, I was in kindergarten. Well, I wasn't born yet. It's like, wait, what? Like, What grade were you in when that happened? I was in 10th grade. Okay, I was in 7th grade. Yeah, I was okay. in 10th grade, man. I'll never forget. I was in chemistry class. I'm like... And they, Same. They rolled. I was also in chemistry <laughs> class. Yeah, they, they rolled, rolled in they the, rolled TV. the TV. Like this is happening. We like, what is going on? They like, yo, they bought the kids from school. Anything? It was wild. It was. It was a wild day. What's another way to tell if somebody is old enough? If you say, um, at exactly what time did Usher show up in his drop top, <laughs> cruising the streets? Precisely. <laughs> right. Precisely. Yeah, seven o'clock. You already know what's up. <laughs> Nah, man, that used to be my jam, man. I love that. I love that. Um, as we're getting close to wrapping this up, mm -hmm. um, what are all the different non-dancing ways that you have found to generate money out here? Because mm -mm. you're a very entrepreneurial person. Yeah. And I know it may seem like, duh, to you, but yeah, to people yeah, out yeah. there that are wondering, because there might be people out there that also want to have their side hustles, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, What are some of the other ways that you've been able to... Yeah, uh, well, for sure, with the events and uh, parties and just kind of just correlating events or whatever for people. How'd you get into that? Um, oh, man. What's like a short version of the story? Of like, of like, if somebody version, wants to get into promoting parties, what do they short do? Version, short version, I started out in teenager, like really handing out flyers at the mall, handing out flyers to cute girls. You already know. <laughs> to uh, to the mall, in the mall, like I, I, I started out promoting for uh, like it was like a... It was like an 18 and up uh, party back in the day. And then I still, I just kind of kept with it. Like even through college, we did a lot of events and a lot of like homecoming soirees and things like that. And I was always, I loved that hustle. I just loved that. Like, oh yeah. Like connecting with people. I'm, come I'm, on, come yeah, on Saturday. Come on. It's about like, to be yeah, crazy. Like, yeah. It's about to be the best show of your life. You kidding me? Like, yes. I, I used to love that. Like in the streets, just hung, just hitting the pavement. Like and you believed it too. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I used to love, I love that, that just combative spirit of just like, just going to go yes. get it. Like hungry. Yes. You know, and, I, and, 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 I love the fact that it was, I always proved myself right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I always, like, when they came, they was like, I'm so glad you invited me. Like, this was crazy. I'm like, yeah, make sure you come again the next week. You know, it's like, I, I used to love that. And just connecting with people, it was just always an amazing thing. Um, it was something that you were already loving, not to cut you off. But yeah. I think what I'm extracting from that for people to see is that you can't sell what you don't own. Yeah, yeah. And, and you were owning that vibe already. So if there's you something that somebody's already doing, exactly, I, I have this this theory of a of like a one of the keys to success is uh, this phrase: "You're doing it anyway." Mm. Like there's people who love playing video games. Yeah, you're great. Doing it. Start a Twitch channel. Yeah, somebody who loves reading books. Great, do that. Yeah, and like whatever you do in your off time. Yeah, yeah, for fun. Mm -hmm. That thing. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> it's like. It was like, yo, what what would you be doing if money was no object? You know, what would what would you be doing? Like any passion, any passion. What about the clothing? The clothing line. H how do you flip that? Yeah, I um, because you had the hats. Yeah, I yeah, I didn't have no money, and so I found a way. Um, because I knew I wanted to kind of bring a, a build a, a company that's gonna be able to eventually give back to college students because that's how you know yeah that's how i i was one of the few to make it out of the hood to go to college so i was like yo i gotta find a way to to bring more 
you know uh more eyes to this where it's not a lot of kids like being able to go to college and being able to change their lives you know what i'm saying so um that's how i started uh tfk uh the freshest kid for? Oh, the, the freshest, freshest kid, kid. yeah, yeah. And um, I went to the dollar store. I already knew how to draw, and I would just draw on the hats, and I would sell them. You would go to the dollar store, go to the dollar buy store, cheap hats, buy cheap dollar. Literally, each the hat the hat was a dollar. And you would draw like with like a marker or something. Marker, uh, puff puff paint, all types of art essentials. You know, it would literally. I had like twenty dollars. It would at least give me 30, 40, 50 hats. And I know pe people to this day send me pictures of their hats like, yo, I remember this one like before I was able to have the money to manufacture it. So that's what happened. I love that. Hustle I love that grinded, hustle spirit. Every, yes. every day I was hitting I was hitting so many 99 cent stores and just getting just grabbing all the hats, all the brims, and I would and I would color all in the under under the brim and just what do would you all sell them types for? of I was selling for like twenty dollars. That's great. Yeah, that's it was two thousand percent. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Margin. Yeah. Exactly, man. I would just draw, do different themes, do different things. And uh um, you know, I had friends that supported it, you know, that would rock them, that that loved them. And um I would start selling them like that. Just literally not, not that. even on t not even on uh, IG yet. Like literally just in person. Show them. Remember, uh, oh my gosh, ID IDA, wasn't the IDA yeah, studio? Yeah, uh -huh, the one the one on Highland and yeah, uh, yeah, they, yeah. They used to have a a, a glass a glass uh, window shop, and I used to be like every studio I would go, I'd be like, yo, can we sell? Can I sell my hats here? <laughs> you know, and they'd be like, yeah, why not? You know, you teach here. So anytime I'll bring hats to class, like, hey, I got hats, y'all. Yeah. You know, like anywhere I travel to, I got hats, y'all. Everybody knew, like, okay, cool, cool. And that's how I kind of just, then I'll flip that money and I was able to get it manufactured, start kind of really doing the research on how to get it manufactured and yeah. uh, find the appropriate and affordable way of getting more hats and then getting into sweats and hoodies and things like that and just kept it growing and developing from there i love that bro yeah, i love man. that that you created the opportunities you know yeah. a lot of times when people say oh like nobody's hiring it's like mm, technically nobody's posted a help wanted sign it doesn't mm -hmm. mean they're not hiring right it doesn't mean there's no money to be made right any store that says they're not hiring what they really mean is they need a sales team mm -hmm. Ooh, that part that's all that means. That part. Because if they had a great sales team, they would need to hire more people to handle all the new customers. That's true. So wow. they don't need help. They do need sales. They do need sales. That's all it means, right? Wow. So so everywhere you I go, you that. just make the opportunity. Yeah, yeah. You know? So you went to these dance stores, dance studios, and they didn't have a display. Mm -hmm. Nobody's going to say looking for hats. Exactly. <laughs> I, was, I was in all types of stores. You, like, you were like, no, no, no. I'm going to put value here. I'm gonna let you. I'm, yeah. gonna, I'm gonna let you know. Like these, these are the dopest hats around. Most like, of the best opportunities will not offer themselves to you. No, not at all. You gotta go get it. You just create it. You gotta go get it. Make like, something out of nothing. Just you gotta, hmm. you gotta go get it. It's not like, and that's another thing. Like people, sometimes people sit back and be like, "Oh, God, God got me." It's like, no, God is. God wants you to do the work. Yes. Like he not gonna work harder than you. He's gonna work harder than you, but he gotta know that you gonna go get it too. Yes. Like, God's you know, got you in that. He believes that you can do it. He got that you that you way. Can yeah. Do it. Yeah. yeah. Like if you're not hungry, he not just gonna hand it to you like at all. Like not even a little bit. He you gotta you gotta show him what you want because he's gonna put the desire in your heart regardless. And, and sometimes the way he got you is by knocking you down. Yeah. 
Oh I remember gosh, like yes. uh, three years ago or so, right before the pandemic, I had like lost all my money, mm-hmm. literally like had money like I've loaned to people, didn't get it back, mm-hmm. had invested in a company, the company failed, had like just combination of just all my mistakes just added up. Mm-hmm. Got evicted from my apartment, was mm-hmm. staying in like a studio apartment. Mm-hmm. Then the pandemic hit. And when the pandemic hit, all kinds of drama happened. And then I was like, oh, and then they, they said that um, they weren't allowed to kick people out for not paying the rent. Right. And I was like, okay, great. So I just didn't pay rent for eight months mm. at the beginning of the pandemic, took all that rent money and invested it into starting to create content with Janelle with Naughty Girl Fitness. Wow. And then right before Christmas, it blew up on TikTok, mm-hmm. got like millions of views. We made good money. Yeah. And then I paid back what I owed. Yeah. Moved into a new apartment, bought all the equipment. Now we're kicking ass. But I had wow. to lose everything. Wow. I had to lose. I had no camera. Wow. Basically no computer. I was like literally a videographer without a camera. Like Man. literally just like I lost everything. No car, nothing. Just da-da-da-da. But that was God's gift. Yeah, God's yeah. gift was, he was helping me by taking it all away. Yeah. To remind me to grind again. Yeah, yeah. Man, that's And what crazy. I built up from that, now I'm in the best position I've ever been in because of that. Yeah, yeah. So once like God got me, yeah, he that's might crazy. knock you down yeah, to yeah. be like, get up stronger. Yeah. Get oh, up stronger. Yeah. Oh, he, he'll test you for sure. He'll test you. Yeah. He, he, you know, because you want to build that resilience. Like, because even, even when you go through even future challenges, it's going to be like, hey, it's not going to be as bad as it was because I've already been through the worst. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you, if you got it from the ground. It you, feels you, different, too. You, it feels you different. appreciate it you differently. You know what I'm saying? It's like, <laughs> it ain't, it's like, yo, it ain't shit I could do. It ain't shit that's not, it ain't shit yeah. that's going to uh, take me out. And if it all gets taken away, we'll rebuild again. I'll rebuild again. People need hats. No, for real. (laughs) I'll go get it. I'm going to go get it. That's what's going to happen. Like, you know how we started this interview. Like, I always bring those words to life, man, with Jay. Um, Fresh. Yeah, man. I'm really happy to see you, man. Man, same, brother. Same. You've always had a beautiful spirit, and it's dope to see the growth and the progress. Man, (laughs) facts <laughs> nah real shit good luck bro. i'm glad we got to sit down man man same brother do you have any final words of encouragement for anybody out there going through a tough time or um you know it has a lot of dream a lot of potential mm-hmm. and they're just going through it right now what, what what word would you send out without struggle there is no progress it's that simple go get it all you got to do is three things that benefits you a day you know a lot of times we dedicate our time and our efforts and our talents to build other people's dreams you have to take the time off for yourself as well that is vital that's important like i can't stress it enough like because you're gonna see people build and then they're just gonna leave you hanging you gotta be able to Put your ducks in a row for yourself. Grind it out. Believe in what you are building or accomplishing or whatever you want to do. Go do it. Don't don't let nobody else deter you from your road, which whatever, whatever it is. Go for it. You have the tools. You have the means. You have the opportunities. Don't and the time I, is now. Ask. Yeah, man. Like, do it today. That's like that's my advice. Do it today. It's it's that easy. Yeah, tomorrow's not promised. Not a-
It's not at all, man. It's not at all. My guy. My guy. Thank you for sharing this moment man. in time. Oh, love you, brother. Yes, love you too. Yeah, yeah. Whoosh.